Welcome back to Skin the Surface. My name is Dr. Rena, board certified dermatologist and host for this week's episode. In a previous episode, about a few months ago, I had interviewed Dr. Sherry Yang, who is a dermatologist and hydronitis separativa specialist, um, HS expert. And you know, I learned a lot from that episode, and I hope you guys all learned a lot. And if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to listen to it. But over the past few months, there's been a lot more advancements in hydronitis separativa. And in my clinic, I tend to see a good number of patients who suffer from this condition. And before we dive into the condition itself, you may be asking, what is HS? Well, HS is a chronic inflammatory skin condition that is really becoming more and more recognized within the dermatology community and within the community at large because a lot of these patients who experience this condition have a lot of pain, drainage, it may take a toll on their mental health, and also they are frequent flyers for the emergency room, minute clinics, and urgent cares because of how painful this condition can be. And so, you know, I emphasize pain, but patients can also have some swelling, um, draining, and essentially we get these boils and cysts in the folds. So usually the groin, the armpits, the breast lesions, and even between the butt cheeks. There's been a lot of, you know, misinformation out there of what causes this condition. Um, you know, I've had patients come to me and say, I was told that I have this condition because I have overactive oil glands. Is it because my skin is too oily? Um, and, you know, one of the reasons why um, I really want to reintroduce this topic is because I've just been kind of just on TikTok and social media, I've just been seeing different things out there about HS. And I want to clarify some things just from a dermatologist standpoint. So HS is caused by a blockage of the hair follicles, and this leads to inflammation in the skin, specifically around the sebaceous or the oil glands. These are the oil producing glands of the skin. The blockage of the hair follicle then allows that accumulation or that collection of that bacteria that normally live on the skin to overproduce. That bacteria is getting excited, it's overproducing, and that causes pus-filled abscesses and these draining cysts. Now, you may be asking, what causes this? So, you know, the cause for the blockage of the hair follicle is not entirely, you know, known. Um, we do think that there are a few things that may play a role. One, genetics. So when I have patients that experience this condition, the first question I ask them, one of the first questions is, um, does anyone in your family have this condition? And a lot of people actually say, you know what? I think my mom may have complained about some boils here and there, but she just said, no, it's just an ingrown hair. Um, but uh, I, in my opinion, I think that this condition is underdiagnosed. I think a lot of people may experience a variant of it. Um, you know, they may not have the severe stages of it, but they might have more mild cases. Um, so asking your family members is important. Just get a good history. Um, and then environmental factors, um, weight gain, smoking, um, physical or emotional stress, um, diet changes. Those are some things that might contribute to it. Now, 
Um, you know, one of the things that um, I talk about with patients a lot is getting in touch with their gynecologist as well, because a lot of, for especially for our female patients, um, when it incurs underneath the breast or in the private areas within the groin, you know, um, we, I work a lot with um, uh, the gynecologist. A question that patients might be embarrassed to talk about, uh, ask, or um, something that comes up, a concern that they might be embarrassed to talk about is pain during sexual practices. They may even have some anxiety. So, you know, if you're listening and you experience these, you know, um, concerns and, and pain during um, sexual intercourse and you experience this condition, you know, it's important to you know, talk to your dermatologist and your gynecologist and, 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 and voice these concerns because there are certainly ways that we can kind of help to kind of guide you in terms of treatment. Now, in our episode with Dr. Yang, we talk about different treatments. And the reason why I want to bring up this condition again is, one, to review the treatments that are available. And then two, you know, over the past few months, there are some newer therapies that just come out and they will soon, um, one of them, which will soon be um, FDA approved, hopefully in the next few months. Um, but, you know, there is a really a, a, a shift within the dermatology community and the gyneco um, gynecology community to really focus on treatment um, and preventative measures for patients who experience HS. My, my best advice before we kind of dive into treatments is, is prompt care. So if you are experiencing pimples here and there in the groin or the armpits or underneath your breasts or between your butt cheeks or on your butt cheeks, don't just blow it off as acne bumps. Um, you know, these, this might be a sign of something more. And if you can get linked in with a dermatologist and, and start care early, um, you can prevent scarring. And that, to be honest, is one of the most, you know, frustrating parts of HS it is not just the draining and the pain, but also, you know, the cosmetic appearance and, um, the, the um, embarrassment that some people may feel um, with the, the fact that these um, cysts and boils and abscesses uh, leave uh, significant and sometimes disfiguring scars. So when it comes to treatment, I really, it's a, a decision based on one's comfort level and the severity of the disease. Um, and so HS, we usually describe it in Hurley stages. Um, Hurley meaning stage one, you have more mild disease. Stage two, you have more moderate. Stage three, it's more severe. Um, and really that depends on the number of boils, the evidence of scarring, sinus tracts. So, you know, not to get too nitty gritty with this, but um, asking your dermatologist about, you know, what stage you're in and then kind of figuring out what treatment would be best for you. With mild cases where there's no scarring, um, you know, you could start with um, topical treatments, um, prescription, and even home remedies and over-to-the-counters. And then oftentimes we'll start oral antibiotics as well. Um, as a dermatologist in all my HS patients, I talk about warm compresses, antibacterial soaps, antiseptics, smoking cessation, so stop smoking, wearing loose-fitting clothing, um, weight loss, um, anti-inflammatory medications, um, like, uh, you know, um, 
over-the-counter anti-inflammatory pills like ibuprofen, for example, um, as you know, um, Motrin, you know, some of those types. If if it is safe for you again to to take those, so definitely talking about you know making sure that it's not going to be you know interacting with any of your medications. But another thing that I've come across that's been really helpful for a lot of my patients is the menstrual cups. So a lot of my females that they just flare with their periods and it may be the hormonal changes, but it also is a friction from the pad. Um, and even tampons sometimes can be irritating. Menstrual cups for a lot of my patients has really helped. For patients who don't even like tampons and they just are just so used to pads, if you're open to a menstrual cup, um, and there's so many different companies out there that make menstrual cups that are safe to use, um, you know, and and sanitary, um, that is something that can be a real game changer actually for a lot of my patients. A lot of my patients, they, um, you know, they were doing so well in therapy, and then the minute they get their period and they wear that um, menstrual pad, it just rubs that friction. It can be irritating, and then you know, switching them to a menstrual cup has been really helpful. So something to de- definitely consider. Um, you know, some some other things that you can consider are laser hair treatment, um, and like I mentioned before. The hair follicle is the, you know, the culprit in this case. So occlusion or blockage of the hair follicle. So removing the hair follicle can also not only treat the, you know, help with treatment, but in some cases can also be a good preventative measure. Um, in more severe cases, um, when scarring is present and draining um, can occur and pain is just poorly controlled with, you know, some of the orals and topicals, um, you know, sometimes we consider um, injections of steroids, and, and and really, in a lot of cases, we talk about oral or injectable immunosuppressive medications um, and even infusions. And these are really a class of medications called biologics. So, biologics I describe as medications that are targeted therapies to treat specific types of conditions, and they target a specific player in your immune system. You may have heard of biologics like Humira, Enbrel, Remicade, Stellara, Cosentix. You might see commercials for these, and these could be used for psoriasis, you know, Crohn's disease, not all of these, but, you know, just examples of some inflammatory conditions that we use these um, medications. And um, you may have heard of um, Remicade as an infusion. So, you know, these are a class of medications that suppress, again, a a component of your immune system. So how I think of it is if your immune system is a soccer field or soccer team, um, some of them, depending on, you know, where they act on the immune system, may take out five players. Some of them may take out two players. So it really depends on where in your immune system that these uh, medications um, function. So when it comes to hydronitis separativa, in 2015, Humira was approved, which is a biologic medication. It's an injectable medication um, that comes in a pen for the treatment of moderate to severe hydronitis separativa. So again, those patients that are getting those painful draining boils and cysts, they're starting to develop um, evidence of um, scarring or they already have scarring or even sinus tracts, which are those deeper tracts within the skin. Um, interestingly, there's going to be, um, this medication is every other week. 
There are now, um, you know, hopefully in the next few months, like I mentioned, some newer injectables that um, are coming out um, that also will be very helpful as another alternative option for patients um, with, uh, with ability to kind of control the, the HS as well. So um, definitely be on the lookout for um, additional um, medications, an additional medication um, similar to Humira, um, a biologic medication that can also be very helpful. Um, Another treatment that people might not think about is actually an oral retinoid treatment, isotretinoin, the brand name Accutane. Um, and, you know, especially with those who have a history of acne or have acne and hydronitis separativa, which I've definitely had patients who've had both, um, you know, Accutane or isotretinoin um, may function to kind of reduce the size of the sebaceous glands, the oil producing glands. Um, it may be helpful for patients who have um, acne and um, hydronitis separativa. Um, if you have a more hormonal component, so if you are experiencing flares around your menstrual period, um, there are other treatments. So birth control may be helpful. Um, spironolactone, which is an oral medication that's been used um, for years for the treatment of hormonal acne, um, meaning acne distributed along the lower cheeks, jawline, and, and um, sometimes flares with your menstrual period. Um, so if you feel as though your, your menstrual period might be a component, talking to your dermatologist about oral spironolactone might be a great option. Um, and sometimes, you know, some things that you may want to add. Um, sometimes I talk about patients with um, oral zinc leucinate which has been shown in studies to help reduce inflammation. So zinc is a supplement that you can take. And, um, you know, there's been some studies showing that helps reduce inflammation in the skin within three to six months. You know, um, one of the things you want to be on the lookout for is stomach upset and nausea. So that's one of the more common side effects. So making sure that this is a good and safe option for you. So definitely chat with your dermatologist about this. Um, when scarring is severe and extensive and, you know, your overall, the cysts are well controlled, um, talking about surgical removal or what we call de-roofing um, can be helpful. Um, and then sometimes even um, skin grafts may be helpful to kind of um, allow those areas to heal. Um, however, you know, it's really important that the inflammation and breakouts are minimized to kind of help ensure that you get the best surgical outcome and avoid any, you know, significant recurrence after surgery, which I've definitely had patients run into and it can be painful and discouraging. So definitely chatting with your dermatologist and a plastic surgeon um, can be helpful. Now, I know I mentioned a few different treatments and you may be thinking, well, you know, what, how do I know this is treatment is helpful for me? Or I have patients that come in to see me and say, I've done this and it's not working and it helped my friend. Why is it helping me? My, my biggest focus when it comes to HS is emphasizing that HS is not a one size fits all approach. And it is really you know, can be a very, you know, frustrating condition for, for, for the patient. And sometimes, you know, a little bit tricky to treat at times. And so it may feel like a trial and error, but 
I want to encourage you, if you're listening and you experience this condition, there are a growing number of treatments and there is really a push for better control of this skin disease. Um, HS does not only impact your skin, but it really has a bearing on your personal and professional life. And I think sometimes we overlook this and we really focus on, okay, how many boils do you have? Or is it painful? Is it draining? But really, you know, a conversation that you should have with your dermatologist, your primary care doctor, and even a psychiatrist and therapist is, you know, how is this impacting your day-to-day activities, your social interactions, and and your self-confidence? Um, so I encourage my, you know, my patients and I encourage you listeners to be more, take a more confident, empowered, and active role in your skin health and seek outside resources as well. And so um, you can go on online and look up HS Awareness Organization. Um, there's a great website called No BS About HS. Um, there's Facebook groups, um, you know, that um, I'm a part of as well, just to continue to learn more um, because, you know, it's one of those conditions that I learned from, you know, reading about it in the literature, looking at studies, but I also learn a lot from my patients. So you are a great resource for your dermatologist and, and voice your concerns and your opinions on the treatment that you're in. Um, and, you know, the reason why I wanted to focus on this episode again is I've just been seeing so much on social media the past few weeks about HS um, and there's a, a newer treatments out there. So I hope that this podcast episode um, provides you with a more positive outlook on this condition and um, kind of uh, helps you focus on what um, questions to ask your dermatologist when you go in for your upcoming appointments. Well, that's all we have for today's episode. I hope you guys all learned a lot. As always, subscribe to our website at skinthesurfacepod.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at skinthesurfacepod. I love to hear your comments, thoughts, and even questions about episodes, this episode or recent episodes. And as always, stay safe and healthy, podcasters.